0: Okay, welcome to episode six of the PMS podcast. I'm Eve Malcolm, and today I have Chantelle Emery with me. Hi, Chantelle. Hello, how are you? I'm great, thanks, how are you?
1: Um, always been busy, but I uh, can't complain.
0: <laughs> I know you are insanely busy. Uh, You're just catching me up on your mask business, which we'll talk about, and I know that's been keeping you really, really busy. Um, So I want to talk a little bit about how we know each other. Um, I would probably label you as an entrepreneur extraordinaire. You have all of these different businesses that had to do with each other and also don't have anything to do with each other, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Um, But... I think we first met through, I know we're a part of a couple of different groups together, women's group and a audio, couple audiology groups, private practice owners groups. Um, but Chantal was really gracious to take time out of her busy schedule when COVID hit, and she helped me set up an online store for my business. So in that, um, I was able to provide supplies and batteries and all sorts of things for my patients. and I. I absolutely no idea how to do that (laughs) at all. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm about as technologically impaired outside of hearing aids as well. So um, Chantal was gracious enough to help me out with that. Um, So Chantal, I kind of want to jump a little bit into your background because I think um, when we had our one-on-one talk, I found your story just really kind of fascinating of all these different things that you did to kind of get to where you are as a private practice owner, um, and mask provider extraordinaire. So tell me a little bit about kind of your background and, you know, kind of how you got to where you are. Yeah. So,
1: that's a, that's a a full loaded question. Uh, (laughs) Start wherever you want. (laughs) Um, I, uh, yeah, I I graduated high school. I was fluent in sign language because I grew up with my mother who knew sign language because she worked in the schools with her special education. So being fluent in sign language, um, I got my education assistant uh, diploma so I could work in schools um, and do what my mom's doing because I shadowed her. I loved it and I loved communicating um, in sign language and with augmentative communication systems. So I would work primarily with people with hearing loss who are deaf, um, a lot of people who have autism, um, mm-hmm. other abilities, as well as behavior therapy, because um, I did, I was a behavioral consultant uh, when I was in my early 20s. I know it sounds strange, but uh um, I understand behavior and how it works and how to um, intervene it and uh, modify those behaviors. So learning that as a young age, you're um, kind of on the job, uh, gave me some skills. And then, um, yeah, I did that. I worked in the school board in uh, Vancouver, BC in Canada. And then um, I also did my hearing instrument practitioner course, um, but that was after I had already did a sign language and deaf studies program through um, uh, Vancouver Community College because I wanted to become an interpreter, mm-hmm. but it was too political and I didn't have the, the attention span uh, to be publicly upfront for that much, much time. So I was like, let's venture into something different. So I went into the hearing aid um, side of things, um, away from sign language and more into hearing aids. I haven't had to use my sign language that much, just a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, bought a clinic out of my practicum. Uh, I was working for a hearing clinic and I didn't really vibe and I wanted to do my own way. So I bought a clinic out of my practicum.
0: That's how most of us end up in <laughs> private
1: practice. Yeah. I'm like, I don't like this.
0: <laughs> vibing with the clinic.
1: We're in. <laughs> like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna buy my own. So yeah, I, uh, I started contacting to other, um, other owners of clinics. And I'm like, I want to be an owner like you, how do I do that? And then they said, Hey, there's a clinic for sale. I ended up buying that clinic because it was a really good value Mm -hmm. and had funding and help for that, which was awesome. And that was about six and a half years ago. So I was 26 years old, fresh out of my program and ready into the hearing world. Um, And as in like an entrepreneur and a go-getter my practicum, Um, supervisor who was also the previous owner of the clinic decided to break her leg and not be able to (laughs) not decide it was it was a horrible situation she broke her leg so she wasn't able to come in and kind of help support me and do that transition Mm -hmm. so a lot of um 99.9% of it I did myself so having to learn how to do it all and having to grow and become that person that knows all these skills I had Mm -hmm. to start from what is accounting? What is QuickBooks? What is numbers? What is that? Why do I have to enter it in this program? What's going on? Um, every schedule she had was on paper. I had to put everything online um, and go through everything. There was a mm-hmm. lot of stuff. The clinic was from 1987 um, mm-hmm. and she hadn't got a file. So I had lots of files and thousands of deceased people to confirm. And yeah, it was a, a huge, huge, uh, overtaking and I, I did that and then a year later I opened up my second full-time location um, three hours away because uh, a ear, ear nose and throat specialist had asked me to open mm-hmm. up and he knew I was good at what I do somehow <laughs> and so he called me when I was in Costa Rica weird situation Oh and, wow! <laughs> yeah I was like sure I'll see you in two weeks why not so, yeah I was like as long as I can buy your equipment. And I think he sold it to me for like $2,000 for a sound booth and his equipment. Oh my goodness. Great yeah, show. Really? Yeah. And then I moved into his facility cause he was mm-hmm. done. And then I branched out and got my own, my own place. And we've won best clinic for the last three years there. And we were the, we're the only full-time clinic. Now our competitors mm-hmm. sold out and yeah, it's, it's that. And then after I opened Battleford's hearing, I got, um, I purchased a Canmore occupational testing, which we do, um, drug and alcohol testing, paternity, um, DNA testing. Uh, we test hair follicles, saliva, and urine, um, and breath. So there's different methods of testing and- yeah, it's, it's a weird little side business, but I found that my receptionists can be trained in this and they can bring in their own income. So then I don't have to worry about supporting my staff. My mm-hmm. staff support themselves and they bring enough income to cover their
0: wage. So, so let's, let's let's back up a little bit. I told you guys she was entrepreneur extraordinaire and we're not even done yet. She has other business. Um, so kind of going back a little bit. So we talked how you got into your own private practice, again, as, as most of us do, we kind of want to do it our way and be our own boss. Um, so, how did you get into the occupational testing?
1: Yeah.
0: Of things.
1: Good, good question. So, um, it was actually really interesting. I had the lady reach out to me and actually call me and she was like, would you be interested in doing um, urine samples for us? We will pay you uh, I think it was like $50 a collection. All you have to do is put the urine in a cup and you have to dip a dip a piece in it, write some paperwork out, and that's all you do. We'll give you $50 a test. And I'm like, that sounds pretty simple. So uh, <laughs> we looked at the education and it was just like a two-day course to become certified um, as a specimen collector. And then we, we took the course, it was all provided. And then we just did that off and on. Um, in the side kind of thing. And then the owner of the occupational testing company approached me uh, coming in as a, as a secret little patient of mine, but I, I found out what she was really coming for pretty fast. I was like, cause you wanted a little card with the numbers on them. And I was like, you don't need those for your hearing test. You need those for industrial tests. Why do you need those? And so I just was like, what do you do? What, what actually is your job? And she, she owned the occupational testing company. And oh. then she was trying higher. Her husband had um, dementia and was two hours away. She Mm. was so done with it. And then we, we talked and we ended up finding a a decent price uh, that I bought it for. And I think I bought it for 22,000. And then we were getting like last year, we made like 250,000 in the year. So we've, we, we buy it for low and grow it for high. So it's, it's great. It, It runs itself. It's busy. We like, if somebody wants us to, if somebody has an accident on the road, we pack up our stuff. I don't. My staff packs up their stuff, drives to that location. We'll drug test them, do a breathalyzer, do all the mm-hmm. paperwork, and come back. We get kilometers. We get 150 an hour for after hours. Like it's it's a quite a nice nice lucrative business. Um, and so I was like, why not add it to the portfolio? Because we're wearing scrubs, we're having infection control. Mm-hmm. We have. We have the facilities why not provide the service um and you get a lot of people in there like i get so many people coming in for p tests and then they get their ears cleaned and then yeah. when they have a first compensation claim they <laughs> come hearing aid from us oh and my gosh I, I came here for a, a p test one time and i saw you guys did ear wax removal so i'm back and then i do <laughs> hearing tests and then i sell them hearing wow. aids. But it's a nice little like funnel into the, into yeah, the- that's kind of,
0: that's kind of crazy. So do you, um, you mentioned you have another clinic three hours away. You have more than the two clinics, correct? The hearing clinics?
1: Yeah, I've got two full-time locations and I have six part-time
0: locations. So how are you managed? I mean, you're growing at a very rapid rate. Um, so how are you managing that as the boss and, you know, six offices and then a DNA test and testing business. And (laughs) again, guys, there's another one we're going to talk about too. Um, so I mean, how do you find time to manage all of that? So like, to be fair, I have sanity.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) No, um. I okay so I have I have six staff it's not just a receptionist and me mm-hmm. I have six staff on my staff I have a full-time drug and alcohol tester mm-hmm. um she's full-time doing that and when she's not doing that she's packing things for me she's filling bottles for me she's doing a lot of stuff your business we'll talk about and then I have, um, another girl who runs my online store and she packages up and organizes that for me. I have another girl who sells stuff out of the front for my office. Cause we're in a mall locations. So we have a lot of stuff mm-hmm. coming from the front. Um, and then I have my husband who is in his second year of the hearing aid practitioner program at Grant mm-hmm. University. So he is a student. He's my i tu- I'm his tutor and he graduates in June. So he will, um. He kind of like helps me out by doing cleaning checks or like Mm -hmm. a receiver change or a tube change. Um, He also is an audiometric technician. So he has done that course. So he could do like a screening on me. I'm not me on on them or he'll start a test and then I'll come in there and I'll finish it up and make sure everything's correct. Mm -hmm. Um, That's kind of how I play. Um, every Tuesdays I go to a different, um, uh, part-time clinic. And mm-hmm. so we book for those days. And then I go with about three suitcases. I have a sound booth in each location. And then I just show up and, um, play, 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 play house almost. It's just, uh, yeah, show up, put my sign up and see people all day. Like tomorrow I get on the road at eight and I arrive at nine, set up, um, big banner signs, um, sanitizer, masks, everything out people come in every half an hour or an hour, and then I go home at the end of the day,
0: so, yeah, um, so, kind of taking another step back, what kind of put this entrepreneurial bug in you? Was it at a younger age, or just, did it just kind of, you know, one day, you're like, hey, I'm just not liking where I work. I'm just going to buy my own business. I mean, was there a little more to it kind of, you know, as, as a kid or was it something you always wanted to do or just happened into it?
1: Yeah. So that's a good question. I, uh, I do believe it has to be like, inbred in you it's not something you can kind of like learn because that won't maintain Uh, but when I was I was always like a really anxious kid I'm always like really nervous and um I'm very money motivated I've always been one to count money to count change to like organize money I just loved the concept of coin money and like an income it was really exciting for me so as um when I was a child I used to drive um bike around the community because we were low income and uh, my mom and I were on like social services for the first part of it she was a single mother working part-time hours so we had to make ends meet so Mm -hmm. what I would do is I'd bike around and get bottles and then I'd bike to the the um the depot and then um, exchange all those bottles in so those cans to me were a nickel they were five Mm -hmm. cents and so Mm -hmm. I knew needed to figure out how much I needed to go swimming with my friends in the evening so mm-hmm. I would make I had enough each night so I could go swimming and um, get something out of the vending machine and then um, you know dry my hair underneath the hand dryers and then bike home as fast as you can at night so like I was always an entrepreneur in high school in elementary school I used to like make those beaded geckos and sell those uh-huh. yep. uh, yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that that was a thing and then, you know, so it would sell pogs or um, marbles. And then when I was in high school, I used to, um, like, mend and hem um, all the boys' pants because they hadn't hit puberty, so their pants were way too long. And <laughs> they were it was too cool to hang out with their mom, so they'd come to the sewing room and I'd charge them $5 to hem their pants, and they just loved it when I did that for them. So yeah. I was making an income, like, all throughout school and even in high school – I actually joined um, a hula dancing group because I couldn't afford to join like a professional dance class. So Mm -hmm. they had this hula dancing that the senior lady taught. So I joined that it was free. And then I learned enough to where I actually taught the class and she paid me to go to um, performances and paid me to teach the course. Oh my gosh. uh, That was when I was like 15 or 16. So I've always been like a go-getter and then I'd always be the girl to go to the grandparents' friend's house and move the books for them for two or $3 or pull mm-hmm. the lawn. And I'm always about income and making money. So it's mm-hmm. just what I've always done. So it kind of sounds
0: like you just, you're really able to put a value on all of those different things and how they work for you. And I can very much see that that transfers to your patients and your customers as well. Um, And I also know that you are quite the marketing whiz too, which is, I find you so fascinating because there's like, there's nothing you can't do. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, as the marketing side of it, what are some things that you would recommend for listeners as far as, you know, when you're starting out a business, where would you start with the marketing? Because the marketing dollars aren't always there. So what's a way to... Kind of get your name out there, get yourself recognized, and let people know you're here and what you have to offer, and put that value. Yeah,
1: for sure. And like for marketing, I had to learn from square one. Like I didn't take a course, I didn't professionally learn. I just Mm -hmm. you had to learn as you go. So when I first started marketing, I used um, websites for people to help me do that. And so the first website I used was called Fiverr and it's an mm-hmm. two R's on the end.com. Mm-hmm. And fun. it used to be $5, but now it's way over than that, but you can get a good deal, like way under a hundred dollars for somebody mm-hmm create they could create um a blog for you they could create a website for you they could create um we've done jingles for the phone so when you're on hold they can talk mm-hmm. about about the hearing aids and how great you are and oh, have cool. a professional person and i did that too or you know press two for uh, this thing or press three for technical support and like there's that um
0: they'll edit you know, your podcast for you
1: yeah like there's <laughs> so much <laughs> like ads, like so much ads Not that like I know or <laughs> business cards, like, mm-hmm. yeah, like it's just brilliant. It's so brilliant to really help you because we're only like we only have so much time. So mm-hmm. delegating that out to somebody who can make sure it's gonna be good is
0: great. So Fiverr is a great option. Um, and you're supporting small business owners in that sense, too, because, I mean, it's people who are freelancing their time and their talent, so that's kind of an added bonus as well.
1: And they're from all over the world, too, so you can be supporting somebody from a third rural country with it, which I find is really cool. Mm-hmm. I love to support people who, like, if I give them $300 for that month, I know that they're going to be able to feed their entire family, like, that's mm-hmm. kind of like, self-fulfilling to know that you're supporting other people, mm-hmm. too. Um, and then Freelancer, have you heard of that one? I have not. Okay, so Freelancer, that is, that is a real candy, candy dish. So freelancer.com, that website, what you can do is you can actually do a contest to where you say what you want, you say what you're gonna pay, and you can set it up how you want, whether it's sealed or nobody else can see the designs, whether it's open, whether it's guaranteed, whether it's, um, you know, there's different, different rules. So I can say, hey, I want a business card. These are the photos I want on it. I want it to say this. So then if people want to, um, they have to enter the contest, they have to create something. So you might get 30 entries and then you choose the one that you like the best. And you could just get them to modify it until it's exactly what you want. And then the other players who are seeing that you're liking their content, they'll Mm -hmm. actually adjust their content to be more like what you want. And then you find the perfect item and sometimes there might be three or four mm-hmm.
0: beautiful
1: <laughs> prints that are good for you, and you're just like, okay, hey, I can use all four now." So then I would take that full like, um, like Photoshop file, mm-hmm. put it on Photoshop, and then just ad- adjust in it or edit the, the things mm-hmm. you needed to. I looked up YouTube videos of how to Photoshop, but Canva.com, C-A-N-V-A.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Canva's that is,
0: great.
1: Uh, yeah, that's mm-hmm. amazing. That would be the top one. So, like, Fiverr, if you're just looking for, like, a good little gig. freelance, mm-hmm. if you're looking for somebody to, um, like, contests, they're huge. It's amazing the kind of stuff you can see. You can browse other people's contests, too, mm-hmm. which is very fun. Oh, to do. That's neat. Yeah, so it's, that's really important. Um, but, yeah, like, Chamber of Commerce, um, being mm-hmm. part of your community is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, sending flyers through there is really important um Facebook ads they're actually very very beneficial a lot more than people give them credit for yeah like i yeah we have quite a bit on um facebook we get thousands of views sometimes and oh nice yeah and then um another weird new revenue um uh, marketing stream was tiktok
0: <laughs> so you, uh, she, guys she is the tiktok queen <laughs> tell them tell them what your uh your I don't even know what they got. I've got teenagers who are on TikTok, and I don't even know, like, your handle, your username, like, what are you calling on TikTok? No, like,
1: <laughs> like, I post on there, but, like, I don't know much about it. Like, I, uh, I feel like an old person on there sometimes, because I'm, I'm, I'm 33, but, like, a lot of them are, like, some of my fans are 12 on there, and it's quite crazy. So, <laughs> so my um, kids
0: might be following you.
1: <laughs> totally. Yeah, it's, it's it's wild, um. But I have about two hundred and sixty-five thousand followers on TikTok, and then I have about almost six million um likes on on my account. And the top video I think has wow. nineteen views, and that was posted two weeks ago. So uh, yeah, most of my videos get between a hundred thousand and five million views. And uh, like, I'll post something, and then it'll go viral, and then the next day I have a million views, and I'm like, holy smokes, and yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a different platform, but it, it gets out. I, I do a lot of my ear videos, ear impression videos, um, mm-hmm. hearing videos, hearing testing videos, and also just like dancing and educating people about
0: the hearing world. Like, you got to make it fun. <laughs> what? Um, so how do we find you on TikTok? Who are you on there?
1: Yeah, sorry, I just, I just totally skipped that question. No, so, that's Okay. I, Anywhere you can find me. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Um, I have a website. It's not developed yet. Um, And an email as well as TikTok. It's the ear girl. So like the ear girl. That's me.
0: Yeah. Um, So to kind of go along with all of your marketing. Um, I had the pleasure of watching your news interview not too long ago that you did for your office. So tell our listeners what that was all about and kind of how that's expanded off of your business into this incredible new little side business that you've been doing.
1: Yeah. So I'd seen, as everybody else has seen, the lip-reading masks. Um, I actually bought some disposable ones from Safe and Clear in the States, Mm -hmm. and they no longer ship to Canada. So because I am SOL and without, um, as well as, and I can't order them to sell Mm them to my patients, my patients have been asking for them, I was like, I need a mask that'll work. And people had versions of masks out, uh, but... Because I had did sewing in high school, I was like, I can, I can make this pattern and I can tweak it the way I want to. So we had, we have two different versions of lip reading face masks um, that we, we provide. I, I sew them as well as I have about a dozen sewers. Um, most of them are something they're uh, in a community called Hutterites. Have you heard of the Hutterites at all? No, nope. I have not okay. So they're like Mennonites, but uh, they all dress uh, very similar. They have like a blue kerchief that has like white dots on it. Mm -hmm. and um, Very traditional Christian. They all have community living, communal living. Mm -hmm. Um, All the families live together and so I actually hire them to sew my uh, stuff. Oh my gosh. They sew all the time. Like they sew all their clothes. So I, I pay them about five bucks a mask to sew and I get about 300 a week via the different hutterites they come in and it's funny though because like we're dropping off material at like feed lots and then picking them up at like produce places because like they gotta go where they gotta go and like uh-huh. just- so it's very country <laughs>
0: got some uh, some clear lip reading mask deals going down in the parking lot
1: <laughs> like literally i'm meeting people at the corner of like a street in a street and then switching boxes and money it's so weird and strange but it- oh my yeah, so we, we picked that up, uh, what, what, did, what did I say, June, beginning of June, and I did it on Etsy for a while. Um, mm-hmm. Did about $20,000 in Etsy in like two months. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so it got really busy, and then the school boards found out about us and asked for samples. We gave them samples, and then those orders have been coming in in the two to 500 ranges uh, daily. So, that's getting quite crazy. So, honestly, in between patients, I go to my warehouse, which is next to my clinic, and I sew, sew masks in between patients. Uh, when and do you in sleep, between, Chantal? <laughs> um, like, a good, like, midnight to, like, eight. I get a good eight hours. Oh,
0: my goodness gracious.
1: But, like, I don't know. I, um, like, today... Like, for instance, we got a whole bunch of masks, and we got 137 masks in, but the ear pieces, they're not the adjustable pieces, and they're too tight, so oh. I had to cut them all off and redo the adjustable straps, and then they didn't have nose pieces in, and mm-hmm. I need the nose pieces secured. Yes. Yeah. So I had to add all nose pieces and ear pieces, but I actually trained one of my new staff's sister, who is grade 10. She just finished um, her economics course, so she now, not economics, what did they call it? Something where they... Like, home, home economics? Yeah, that's what I mean. Home need. ec. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. She just finished the, like, the two-month sewing course, so she knows how to sew, so I taught her, and I was like, if you learn how to sew, I'm going to give you this sewing machine, so this is going to be your new hobby, okay? Oh and my she was goodness. like Okay. And then, by the end of the day, she was sewing in earpieces
0: for me, like, just like a breeze, and I'm like, I love you! Come tomorrow! Your resourcefulness is unbelievable. Like how you just find people and can utilize their talents and just be able to, you know, use it to help you and your business and other people. And it's just kind of mind blowing to be honest.
1: <laughs> well, not everybody is good though. Like I do go through a few staff that are, <clears throat> that speak the part, but they can't, they can't walk the part. Like yeah. they, they're confident and have everything sorted, but when they send everything in the mail you know, we might get eight orders going different places. So Mm -hmm. they're pulled off from that position and put into more of like a, you're just going to beg and fill anti-fog solution all day because Mm -hmm. I can't trust anything else, but you're still valuable to me. So like (laughs) that's the kind of situation. So like, for instance, I told my staff, I was like, you have a sister? And she was like, yeah, she's grade 10. She's actually probably a better worker than I am. And I was like, that's not possible, but bring her in. Is she available this weekend? Cause I need some things, masks. Like I bought 3,300 face masks. I need to be packaged for the front. So I was like, do you mind if she does that? So she came and she did that. She organized it. And I was like, cause everybody else, I was like, I need to teach someone to sew. And I keep on going around to everybody trying to teach them to sew. And mm-hmm. I made them do it. But if they failed and they were just like, frustrated and jamming I was like you're not a sewer so I kick him out but she was patient you know she's 15 but like at the end of the day if she can sit there and patiently sew and do an excellent job and like get attention to detail that's my Mm -hmm. girl I don't care if you like I actually have another full-time seamstress she is 68 and she is uh in our
0: warehouse full-time sewing too so cow. Well, I purchased a couple of masks because I hired some new front office staff a couple of weeks ago, and we're going through the safe and clears pretty quick, and they're on back order, and I can't get any more. So I purchased a few of those masks, and we love them. And I had a patient who loved the look of them so much that I have to order more from you because I gave her mine. (laughs) And now I'm getting low on safe and clears. Um, But honestly, friends, I mean, I have hearing loss, and I'm really, really struggling with masks because I rely so much on lip reading that the fact that you saw a need and just took it into your own hands and i mean you're helping out your local school district you're helping people who are struggling because they need those visual cues and i think that's just really awesome and being able to take advantage in a positive way of a really kind of crummy situation and turning around and making it better for for people out there and um i mean it's a tough time for the world and the fact that you are just like growing and thriving in such a difficult situation because you're finding all these different avenues. I think that's such a great positive aspect for people who are looking to start a business right now. I can't, I mean, I'm sure you've seen it on some of the pages we're on. People are saying, you know, I want to start my own business right now. Am I crazy to do this? And we're all just like, no, just do it. You if you want it to happen, you'll find a way. And I think that's a great thing about business owners like we are and especially you, like if there's just a way to bring in some income, if there's a way to help people, we're going to find that way. Um, so what's next for you? Oh,
1: hmm, good question. Um, well I actually am a speaker. Um, an expert panelist, uh, Dr. Jill's um, Thrive uh, seminar that's happening, Rise Mm -hmm. and Thrive. That's exciting because there's a whole bunch of really educated professional women on there and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm part of this group and yeah, it's it's really, really exciting because I've never really been that part of it. So uh, I I get to do a lot more of teaching people how to how to just go and get it. And you just have to go get it. Cause no one is going to get yeah. it for you. Exactly.
0: <laughs> and, uh, exactly.
1: Yeah. Like it's, it's crazy because like, there's been so much of these mass sales and I didn't even think this was a, a, a possibility even four months ago. It wasn't even in my mind. Right. Yeah. So like, and we, we got over $10,000 in sales and masks, in liberating masks today from schools. And that's not even close to half the orders being paid. So there's a market in anything, right? So mm-hmm. you just have to find what there's a need for and then make it. It's it's even wild to think about this. And it would put a lot more um, kind of a chutzpah behind it. But when I bought my clinic when I was 26... I really didn't know exactly what I was doing. I didn't have the confidence or anything. And then now, because I have gotten to know hearing and hearing aids and done a lot of research and learning on my own and reading books and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. um, I get about half of my patients are coming from a different clinic and converting to our clinic because of Mm -hmm. just the quality of care and the quality of passion. And Mm -hmm. passion people. If if that patient can see that all you care about is them and their hearing, they're they're not gonna go anywhere. Absolutely.
0: Else. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I completely agree with that. Because I mean again you're showing them the value of you and why they should come to you and why they should work with you. And if you're obviously putting them first, then that's the most important thing. So um, I think in obviously everything you're doing with all of your main business with your clinics and all of your side businesses, which seem to be turning into other main businesses at the same time. <laughs> um, so like, uh, Go ahead. I think, I think
1: we even forgot one. Like I uh, I started up the hearingclinicsupplies.com and we did oh, that. For yeah yeah. That was a P&E business that I'm running. And mm-hmm. um, from that, actually, I moved on to regular mask sales. So I do like, <laughs> not but the regular mask sales. And we do like lots of those too. So yeah, it's like all around, how do you take yourself as an entrepreneur and grow? It's just, you have to take something, become really good at it and then teach someone how to manage it. That's what I did. And -hmm. then you keep branching out and it's almost, well, I have diagnosed ADHD, so I take medication for that. And I Mm -hmm. found that I can hyper-focus and switch directions very fast, but it Mm -hmm. allows me to um, grow and keep on my businesses. Like I I never stop. It's, it's almost unhealthy. I would say a borderline unhealthy, but (laughs) But, um, at the end of the day, like, I'm just thinking like every day and this too shall pass. Like there's going to be a come a time where everyone's going to have the lip reading masks and there's not going to be as much sales, I'm mm-hmm. sure, but wait till school starts. So then it might be a little bit less, but, mm-hmm. but then again, if COVID this fall happens, like, what are we up against? So, you right. know, every month is a, a new, a new game of how to evaluate what's working, what's not really. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. So I mean, they there definitely could be a need for this to continue, um, as far as your mask business goes. Um, again, I already need to order more, so you'll see that coming through. This
1: well, message me directly, and I can give you—I can give you guys a better rate than anybody um, who sees this. They can just met- message like orders at uh, theeargirl.com, and I can mm-hmm. give like a better rate and ship it out. And, oh, that I, would be I, awesome. I closed Thank down you. my I, temporarily just because I have about. 1200 masks to sew. So I've, I have lots yeah. coming through. I can pull a few and I can send them to you um, because I'm the boss, but normally, yeah. <laughs> That'd be little, fantastic.
0: Like... Yeah. yeah. We'll, um we'll post um, information for listeners. So they know where to find you, where to find your masks. And um, if anybody's in Canada looking for, uh, remind me again, um, Saskatchewan.
1: Yeah. I'm in Saskatchewan, Canada but I have like patients all the way from Calgary, Alberta, um, mm-hmm. come to see me. So it's usually within a, within, within a six hour drive, people come see me. Oh,
0: so. wow. oh wow. That's awesome. Okay. Well guys, if you need hearing aids in um, Saskatchewan all the way to Calgary, then come see Chantel. she take area. so one question that I like to end each podcast episode with is, um, so if, your younger self, or even just younger folks looking to, they are not even just younger folks, but anybody really looking to start their own business and um, are feeling unsure of themselves or kind of what the next steps are, what would you tell them? Or what do you wish someone had told you when you were first starting out?
1: So the thing is, is that no one's no one's ever really ready, like a hundred percent. You're never ever gonna be ready. And to know if you have what it takes, you don't know until you do it. And mm-hmm. so uh when I was like contemplating if I wanted to buy the business, I actually did like meditation and I did um what is it called? Where they like Hypnotize, hypnotize hypnotist therapy or something like that mm-hmm. I did all this different kind of things to figure out if i should do that and i wanted somebody else to validate to me that i should do that
0: mm-hmm. when in
1: reality, i needed to find in myself if that's what it really my passion is because if my drive is there i'm gonna focus and get it done so if it's what you want and you're still gung-ho head over heels into it and you are a doer and you don't take no for an answer then go do it. But if you're hemming and hawing, and you're not sure if you want that commitment, then this may mm-hmm. be not the right not the right not mm-hmm. journey
0: because
1: it it's a it's like a lifetime commitment. It's like a yeah. it's like it's it's more work than a relationship. It's it's con- <laughs> it's Very constant. Sure. Yeah, and like okay. staffing issues. Like for instance, my 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 receptionist was in the hospital all day today, and she's been off and on sick all day, and so my mm. husband has to cover for her, and it's just. There's a lot of stuff behind the scenes, but I wouldn't change it for a thing. Um, I am so glad that I've got into the business. I come from like being a broken, disabled individual who comes from poverty. So for myself to feel like I'm worth it and good enough, I wasn't there until I was a few years into the business already. So Mm -hmm. um, I'm starting to value myself and my worth and what we have. But as long as you just work hard and you just, give it a hundred percent and just go and don't let failure stop you. Just figure a new way to do it. You can, you can work it. And if anybody that needs any support or help, like feel free to message me. Just like I messaged you and you're a stranger and I was like, Hey, do you want me to help you set up that store? Like, <laughs> like, absolutely. People working and doing better. And we're all here to help each other because we're just learning individuals that need to need to communicate to grow from each other.
0: Yes. And the more you can grow your community of support, just the more that that much more successful you'll be because you've got so many more people in your corner cheering you on. So, um, well, thank you so much for taking the time out of your insanely busy schedule to talk with me today. I really, really appreciate it. Um, and then we'll post all of your information, contact information, websites, everything. <laughs> if people need masks, if they need hearing aids, if they need DNA testing, all of the above. We'll um, your here.
1: We'll do everything.
0: it's like you're a little episode of Maury Povich over there
1: honestly I've had to phone somebody and say you are not the father oh my gosh situation I have had when he responded of but he looks like me and I'm like yes you are a man and he is a boy you might look like you (laughs) (laughs) genetically (laughs) there's nothing there
0: oh my gosh I can't even imagine I would not want to have to be the person well, like,
1: <laughs> But like what's worse that or someone being high on drugs getting caught being on drugs at work and being there you know? Uh, so, yeah. Uh, neither.
0: Choose neither.
1: But you gotta get a like I a lady who I hire she's like a lady in her 50s who doesn't put up with anything. She bosses people around tells them where to go what to do she'll be like don't turn on the water because like you can't turn on the water when you're washing. Mm-hmm. You're so yeah. <laughs> We've got a very, very uh, tight ship there for sure. Yeah, so. sounds yeah. like it. Oh my
0: <laughs> well, thank you again so much. Um, it's always a treat to talk to you and, and see what you're up to. So again, we'll post all of Chantel's information if you want to get a hold of her, if you have any questions. Um, thanks again, and we'll see you guys next time.
1: Yeah, thanks so much. Have a thank good day, you. okay? You too. Peace.